Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas. We are your hosts, Kathy and Karen. Today, we are discussing episode 35 of Yanxi Gonglue, or the story of Yanxi Palace. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. We're picking up at the end of episode 34 and then moving on to discuss episode 35. With this episode, episode 35 that is, we are smack dab at the halfway point of the drama. There are some extremely important historical references here, which will be important moving forward. So we didn't want to lump it in with our frustrations towards Fu Hong in the last episode. Last episode, Fu Hong, in our opinion, acted way too rashly and promptly agreed to marry Er Qing in order to save Ying Luo's life from the ire of the emperor. Ying Luo is absolutely heartbroken at the news and bawls her eyes out in her shed living quarters in Xinzhe Ku. Her adoptive brother Yuan Chunwang is present listening to her tears and is oddly upset that she is so loudly pronouncing her love for Fu Hong. He tells her off for falling in love and is rather blunt in sharing his feelings about how useless love is. I mean, his words have some merit, but I do think delivery could have been a lot better. But after hearing the next story, we do get some sympathy for his dismissal for any type of love. As Yin Luo is crying on his shoulder, she asks about how he came to the Forbidden Palace, and he begins to tell his story. It's a rather tragic one. Displaced for some reason or another when he was just a boy, his father wanted to leave him, but his mother always came back for him. Five times his father left him, and five times his mother picked him up. But after making it to Beijing, both of his parents fell ill and passed away. But upon her deathbed, Yuan Chunwang's mother reveals that he was adopted. His real mother passed away early on and was brought to his adoptive parents as a means to extend the family line. After Ying Luo inquires, Yuan Chunwang reveals that he ultimately did find his real father. Ying Luo doesn't see the flashbacks we get to see, but they are pretty telling. Yuan Chunwang said he was tricked and ultimately sold to this big house where his father lived. The house is extremely big and filled with many jewels and riches. At the big house, he, Yuan Chunwang, could only be a servant boy to tend to the young son of the master of the house. Except, young Yuan Chunwang was full of hatred. He could only play horse for the son and was severely punished when the son fell ill. And so when young Yuan Chunwang saw the bedridden son, he went and opened the windows. The implication is that the son would become even more sick due to the cold air coming from the windows. Now, Ying Luo doesn't get as much information as we do in these flashback scenes, but if you watch those scenes closely, you'll understand who Yuan Chunwang thinks he's related to. And this is not necessarily a spoiler. They say it in the drama. We're just bringing the clues to the forefront. While young Yuan Chunwang was at the house as a servant, his clothes looked exactly like those for a eunuch of the Imperial Palace. Furthermore, 
The son whom Yuan Chunwang was serving called his father Huang Ama, which is only reserved for the emperor. And this man calls his son Fu Hui. With those clues alone, we know that Yuan Chunwang was present in the imperial palace. The father, Emperor Yongzheng. The son, his eighth prince, Fu Hui. Importantly, this young prince in history only lived for eight years. That means from Yuan Chunwang's story, he most likely helped murder the eighth prince because he opened the windows while Fu Hui was ill, thereby contributing to his death. But more importantly, Yuan Chunwang exclaimed he was furious that his father did not recognize him as a son, even though he was right in front of his father. That's a bold, bold claim. Right here, we learn that Yuan Chunwang, the eunuch, believes himself to be the son of Yongzheng, brother to the current emperor. Sadly, Yingluo fell asleep and didn't really pay attention to what he said. I do feel bad for Yuan Chunwang, whom we see has had a very hard life. He's been betrayed by his family and his teacher in the palace. He has no loved ones, which is why he is so protective of Yingluo. I just really do think it's a little over the top. Maybe it's because of the way the actor acted it, but he's like super creepy and overly obsessed with Yingluo. I don't know if it is understandable, though, given what he's been through. That's just my opinion on this weird relationship between Yingluo and Yuan Chunwang. Anyways, this revelation from Yuan Chunwang, even though it's not explicit from his story, and I don't think uh, subtitles were very good in explaining all of this, we should know who Yuan Chunwang thinks he's related to and why he is so, I guess, haughty all the time. We now turn back to Fu Hong, who is currently being accosted by Chun Fei for some reason, who is in disbelief that he would agree to marry Er Qing to save the likes of Ying Luo. Fu Hong has a very tepid response to her and walks away. At this point, Chun Fei can't take it anymore and point blank calls him by his name and asks if he really doesn't remember her. He has absolutely no clue what she's talking about. In flashbacks, we see that Chun Fei and Fu Hong's sister, the Empress, were friends prior to marriage. When they were young, Chun Fei already fell in love with Fu Hong after seeing him during a visit to the family home of Fu Cha. Chun Fei then gifted him a tassel ornament for his jade pendant that she saw him wear ever since. Sadly, he ruthlessly removes the tassel ornament when he hears that it came from her. The only reason why he kept wearing it all these years is because he thought his sister, the Empress, gave it to him. Chun Fei, unfortunately, seeing that he wore the tassel for so long, mistook that it was because he had feelings for her, or at least acknowledged her existence. She later finds out that the letter she wrote to him all those years ago that accompanied the tassel, which revealed her feelings for him, never even got to him. She had entrusted her maid to give the letter to Fu Hong, but the maid, acting of her own volition, tore the letter into pieces. 
This rightfully infuriated Chunfei. I mean, I'd be pissed at the maid too. This maid watched for a full on decade as Chunfei essentially made a fool of herself to support the Empress because she was in love with Fu Hong when he had absolutely no idea. But what's worse is that Chunfei is already married to the Emperor. Sure, she didn't have any intentions to betray the Emperor, but still, it's been 10 full years. And I think that is honestly shocking for a woman as brilliant as Chunfei. So once again, ladies, <laughs> got to focus on your career, not just, you know, relationships, because you never know. Maybe you have a maid who totally just tears up love letters uh, to the intended target and your love may never be reciprocated or even acknowledged. I'm shocked that Chunfei still kept her maid because this was a huge sign of betrayal. And even though the maid did come up with excuses for why she did what she did, I mean, I think that was very disloyal of this maid. At this moment, Xian Guifei arrives and taking a leaf out of Empresses in the Palace, brings forth Auntie Liu, who had accused Yinglong of cursing Gao Guifei in the last episode. This auntie revealed that she was told by Chunfei to accuse Yingluo. Chunfei adamantly denies this, and Xianfei, who now has strictly turned to the dark side, has this poor woman's tongue cut out of her uh, for her insubordination. Chunfei is absolutely terrified at this extreme response, and Xianguifei's knowing look. Xianguifei now has her eyes set on turning Chunfei into her pawn as well. There is a sense that Xianguifei knew or suspected of Chunfei's true feelings for Fu Hong. And leveraging Chunfei's currently weakened emotional state, Xianguifei starts suggesting that Chunfei should really focus on having a child to aid her position in the palace. This is later on discussed at the end of episode 35, but I do think it's interesting that Xianfei is now moving to turn Chunfei against the Empress. Chunfei, who had been so adamant on avoiding the Emperor again for the last 10 years to side and support the Empress, starts to relent on this position. I feel like I'll say this every single episode where Charmaine Shea is heavily... Uh, featured in the episode, Charmaine does an amazing job. She's evil now, but you're like, wow, I, I get you. <laughs> the remainder of the episode goes by rather quickly. We see that Jin Xiu in Xinjiku is making fun of Yingluo after finding out that Fu Hong is going to marry another. She even goes to Yuan Chun Wang and blabs that she knows who killed Gao Guifei. Yuan Chun Wang's eyes go very wide, and the next thing you know, he and a posse of eunuchs announce to the other staff of Xinjiku that Jin Xiu has gone missing. Yingluo is suspicious that a maid would just up and disappear like that, but we never really hear about Jin Xiu after this. I'll talk about this a little bit later. The big news, though, is that finally, finally, the Empress wakes up. The Emperor is over the moon about the news, but sadly, the Empress is still bedridden and cannot move too easily. 
It's understood that because she was asleep for so long, her muscles atrophied and she'll need some type of physical therapy to help her walk again. We still never hear anything about the child uh, that she was pregnant with. I'm assuming, I mean, it's pretty much implied that she lost the child. Fu Hong also arrives to see his sister. I do find it interesting that when the emperor leaves, he leaves Fu Hong with a veiled warning to not rock the boat and upset his sister. But this warning was to no avail. Once the emperor leaves, our Huang Hou, the empress, questions whether or not Fu Hong really did agree to marry Er Qing. The empress, oh my god, all I can say really is the best sister to Ying Luo because the empress knows exactly how Ying Luo would react to this type of news. Or she knew exactly how Ying Luo would react. The empress is sad that these two young people in love have just passed each other in their life and asks Fu Hong whether or not he's willing to accept this choice for the rest of his life. He says he does, which breaks the empress's heart even more, and she dismisses him. In the ultimate act, in my opinion, of the empress's kindness and care for Ying Luo, when the emperor next comes to see her, the empress asks the most pointed question possible, and the question that all of us watchers or viewers have been wondering. She asks whether or not the emperor has his eyes set on Ying Luo and wants her for his own. That is why he is so adamant on breaking up Fu Hong and the woman he loves. The emperor storms out in a flustered state. He adamantly denies it, but his behavior already reveals the truth. The empress hit the nail on the head. The emperor's attraction to Ying Luo is exactly why the emperor would not allow Fu Hong to marry this woman. And for me, the takeaway is that I feel extremely bad for the Empress. She essentially just unveiled that the Emperor's own feelings mean that he is essentially having an emotional affair. But because he's an Emperor or because he's a man during Imperial China, this is absolutely no problem. And she, as the Empress, just has to accept that he can go off and have any woman he wants, despite the fact that she is Empress and is supposed to be his one and only wife. We'll also talk about that a little bit more when we discuss the episode in general. We end this episode with a couple of more lighter moments. We get a couple of cute scenes between Hailan Cha and Mingyu. They are a cute pairing, but uh, I guess what will happen to them? And that is the end of episode 35. I want to then talk about a couple of plot issues that I have with this particular episode. Well, first off, why do all of the ladies love Fu Hong? Karen, please tell me this. I really don't know. This is one of my biggest pet peeves or issues with drama like these, where different characters all have like five people who are madly in love with one character. Maybe because we only focus on like a few people, but in this episode, we now find out that Chun Fei was hopelessly in love with Fu Hong for years. So now we have Er Qing, who he will now marry, Chun Fei, who he didn't even know about, Ming Yu, who had a fleeting crush on him, and of course, Wei Ying Luo, who Fu Hong actually loves. That's like a lot of ladies. 
Yes, Xu Kai is also a very handsome man, uh, the actor for Fu Hong, but come on, that is a lot. I guess at the beginning of the drama or this drama, we already knew that he was really popular and they did tell us that all the ladies wanted to catch his eye, but this is a lot. Maybe I should just get off my high horse on this one. If we look back on Empresses in the Palace, all of these ladies love the emperor and he wasn't even a handsome fellow. Sorry, Mr. Chen Jianbing, but I'm just thinking like, Huafei, what did you see in him? <laughs> <laughs> Let's also talk about the whole plot point of the Empress's coma. I feel like the whole reason why she had to be in a coma was so that the other plot points could happen because if she was awake and well... Many of the developments in the last several episodes probably would not have happened. Let's think about it. The now Xian Guifei would not have had the opportunity to showcase herself if the Empress did not fall unconscious. Xian Guifei also wouldn't be catching the eye of the Empress Dowager, the Emperor, and the fifth prince, Hong Zhou, because the Empress would have taken on her responsibilities of making sure the Empress Dowager was well, and probably not have allowed Gao Guifei to continue on with her extravagant performance that ultimately led to her downfall. The main consideration, though, really is that the drama probably wanted to move Ying Luo and Fu Hong's plot point along because by the way it was, it was looking, the two were going to get married. If that happened, then this drama wouldn't be called Yanxi Gonglue, probably Ying Luo Fu Cha Fu Jin, or Ying Luo the Madam of the Fu Cha family. Well, since we know how history unfolds, the screenwriter needed to make the most level-headed character uh, out for the count. And, of course, that is the Empress. And you see how Fu Hung in the last episode had no idea what to do when Ying Luo was in trouble and came to... The worst decision of I his know. lifetime. <laughs> came to seek help from the Empress and was begging her to wake up. And she did it. And so he went and listened to Art Ting and made a decision that he will regret for the rest of his life. When the Empress finally wakes up, she starts asking questions to Fu Hung like, you're going to regret this. Uh, yes, please. Someone please knock some sense into him. And well, that doesn't happen. But now we have the Empress back and act as the audience's conduit in this episode for trying to smack some sense into Fu Hung and also ask that extremely important but pointed question to the Emperor. I personally breathed such a sigh of relief when the Empress finally awoke. And I was so kind of Heart, felt like heartwarmed by her because she reacted exactly how I felt in the last episode. She was so disappointed at Fu Hong and knew exactly how heartbroken Ying Luo was. So again, the Empress is just my number one. Now let's go on to behind the scenes. There was actually a scene cut from this episode. The maid, Jin Xiu, never shows up again in the drama. It looks like there was a scene cut between Jin Xiu uh, or the discussion between when Jin Xiu goes to find Yuan Chun Wang and when Yuan Chun Wang simply informs everyone that she eloped with a palace guard. The scene that was cut was apparently that Yuan Chun Wang, upon hearing Jin Xiu's threats, actually kills her and throws her body into a well, which is why no one knows where she is. 
he thought that he was too much of a threat to Ying Luo and decided to take action. We saw how his eyes kind of like bulged out when Jin Xiu started like making comments that she knew who killed Gao Guifei. So this is what he acted on. Now, I don't know why they cut this scene, perhaps because what we have right now was efficient enough, as in she never shows up. She, Jin Xiu, that is, doesn't really matter to the overall story anymore. So the drama just says she disappeared. We won't really think about her again. So I just want to point it out that this was a cut scene that we do know about. And let's wrap up today's episode with some history. There really isn't a whole lot today, but let's dive in a little bit deeper about the eighth prince that Yuan Chunwang says or implied he killed in uh, episode 34 into episode 35. In history, this person is Fu Hui, who was born in 1721 and died in 1728. I think timing actually works out because we're now in the 1746 era or so. So Yuan Chunwang is in his late 20s. In history, the young prince died very early at the age of eight. So he was never known as the eighth prince. Emperor Yongzheng only had six sons that lived to be at least preteen years. So those are the only ones that are listed as Aga. If you look at Bai Ke, though, it lists four more sons who died uh, very young. This Fu Hui was probably Emperor Yongzheng's most favorite son. The prince's mother was none other than Nian Fei or Hua Fei from Empresses in the Palace or Zhen Huanzhuan. Why do we say that he was favored? Well, Nian Fei was able to personally raise her son, which wasn't the case for almost all Qing Dynasty princes. When Nian Fei died, Emperor Yongzheng raised the boy himself. Fu Hui was gifted fabulous presents by his father when he was only four or five years old that even his older brothers and uncles didn't receive. Unfortunately for the boy, due to his mother's ill health, let's completely disregard empresses in the palace at this point, Fu Hui also wasn't in the best health. He died when he was only eight years old. Emperor Yongzheng was devastated at the news. For the funeral, he ordered Fu Hui to be buried according to the rites of a Qin Wang or a prince of the first rank. There's like no way the prince was murdered by a eunuch, so that was completely for plot purposes, but it does tie in somewhat to the timeline and overall story point that Fu Hui died young. Next up... Chunfei quotes two lines from a poem in her distraught state when she finds out that Fu Hong didn't even know the tassel was from her, nor even received her love letter. The poem that she quotes from is written by the Song Dynasty poet Li Zhiyi and is one of the 300 poems of the Song Dynasty. That's part of a collection of poems that we still study and read today. The title of the poem is as such. It is Bu Suanzi, Wo Zhu Chang Jiang Tou, or Bu Suanzi, which is a style of poem. I live at the source of Chang Jiang. Chang Jiang to others might be known as the Yangtze River. I'll be using the name Chang Jiang for this poem. And the full poem goes as such. Wo Zhu Chang Jiang Tou, 
君住长江尾，日日思君不见君，共饮长江水。此水几时休？此恨何时已？只愿君心似我心，定不负相思意。Here's my translation of the poem. I live at the source of Changjiang. You live at the mouth. I think of you every day, but cannot see you. However, we both drink from the water of the same river. When will the river not move as such? When will this dreadful separation stop? I will hope that your heart is like mine, and I will not betray your longing. For this poem, the I is actually a female, and who he or sorry, who she is thinking about is, of course, her lover. Now, a little bit of background for the poet Li Zhiyi was born in 1038 and died in 1117. That's quite a long time, and he was a Song Dynasty poet. He was a member of the poet Su Shi's inner circle. However, that also led to his downfall because that faction was targeted by another court official at. Late in Li Zhiyi's life, in 1103, Li Zhiyi was demoted to Taiping. Unfortunately for him, tragedy continued to strike. During this time, or around this time, he lost both his son, his daughter, and wife of 40 years. He basically hit rock bottom at around age 65, which really sucks. However, that is also when he met. The courtesan Yang Zhu. She was a courtesan of a righteous character. He fell in love with her and viewed her as a companion. So the two of them traveled together for quite a while. He wrote several poems and songs about her, including this one. While the two were traveling near Changjiang, Li Zhiyi wrote this poem as a love poem to her. In the drama. Yan Xu Gong Lue Chun Fei says the last two lines: 只愿君心似我心，定不负相思意 which is, as I translated, I hope that your heart is like mine, and I will not betray your longing. So, I think it's fine for Chun Fei to use these two lines. She said that she didn't care if Fu Hong didn't love her; she just wanted him to acknowledge her existence and love. But even that was too much of an ask because he just didn't know any of that. We are exactly halfway in the drama right now, and this, I think, Karen is officially when Chunfei turns towards the quote-unquote dark side. And unfortunately for the Empress, our beloved Huang Hou, she doesn't realize it, but her allies have slowly turned against her. And all for who? Fu Hong, come on, man! I wish you did better. <laughs> And that is it for today's podcast episode. If you are looking for sites to watch Chinese dramas and you're in the U.S., please head on over to our sponsor, Jubao TV. That's J U B A O TV. For a couple of options, it is a free service that has a selection of Chinese dramas and movies to watch with English subtitles, all for free. 
You can stream it through their website, Jumo, X-U-M-O, or access it on TV if you have Xfinity, Cox Contour, or Sling TV. Thanks again so much for listening. We will catch you all in the next podcast episode.